This is Steve Carroll, and you're listening to EM Basic Essential Evidence. Today we'll be talking about a paper that has some people changing their practice when it comes to working up subarachnoid hemorrhage, while others have said, well, not so fast. The big question is, do we still need to do a lumbar puncture in these patients? Today we'll talk about a paper that answers that question with a maybe. As always, this podcast doesn't represent the views or opinions of the Department of Defense, the U.S. Army, or the Fort Hood Post Command. The title of this article is Sensitivity of Computed Tomography Performed Within Six Hours of Onset of Headache for Diagnosis of Subarachnoid Hemorrhage, Prospective Cohort Study. It was published in the British Medical Journal on July 18, 2011. The first author is Jeffrey Perry, and the second author is the well-known Canadian EM researcher Ian Steele. So let's talk about the background for this article. In a patient with suspected subarachnoid hemorrhage, the current standard of care is to perform a non-contrast head CT followed by a lumbar puncture if the head CT is negative. With the resolution of CT scanners increasing year by year, the question is, do we still have to do a lumbar puncture if the CT is negative? So let's talk about the study design. So this was a prospective cohort study. A cohort is just a way of saying a group of patients that share something in common. In this study, a sudden onset of an acute headache. The prospective nature of it means that the data was collected in a looking-forward fashion as compared to a retrospective looking-back fashion. The study enrolled patients from 11 tertiary care centers in Canada and included 3,132 patients with suspicion for subarachnoid hemorrhage. These included patients above the age of 15 with a non-traumatic acute headache that reached maximum intensity within an hour. Patients with syncope, along with their headache, were also included. Patients had to be alert with a GCS of 15 and without trauma. They excluded patients with recurrent headache, transfers with already diagnosed subarachnoids, and most notably, patients who had any sort of neurological deficit. So what we have here is what most would call a low-risk population for subarachnoid hemorrhage, mostly that they are alert patients with no neurodeficits. It's pretty easy to diagnose patients with a subarachnoid hemorrhage if they arrive to your doorstep obtunded after falling to the floor with the worst headache of their life. This study aims to address the vast majority of headache patients that we see who are alert and neurologically intact, but have red flags in their history that make us concerned for a subarachnoid. Let's talk about the study methods in regards to the radiology section. All CTs were third-generation, multi-slice scanners that ranged from 4-slice to 320 slices per rotation. Also, the CTs were read by neuroradiologists. This is just an important point to keep in mind, because if your institution can't use these standards, then you can't apply this study to your everyday practice. Here's a key point to the study's design that we'll talk more about later. Since this was an observational study, the study design only observed what happened to the patients and didn't intervene on the patient's treatment at all. As a result, only 49.4% of patients got a lumbar puncture, so about 50%. This is in stark contrast to the United States, where I'm sure that upwards of 95% of patients with suspected subarachnoid hemorrhage get an LP, and the other 5% are because the patient refused the LP. I'm making those numbers up, but this is an important practice difference between the paper and everyday practice in the U.S. Now let's talk about the results of the study. Overall, 7.7% of patients evaluated had a subarachnoid hemorrhage. The overall sensitivity of non-contrast head CT was 92.9%, 
which means that CT missed about 7% of subarachnoids in all comers to the study. However, the big thrust of this study was that if the CT was performed within 6 hours of headache onset, it was 100% sensitive, meaning that it caught all of the subarachnoids. In patients who were CT'd more than 6 hours after onset, the sensitivity drops to 85.7%. So this sounds pretty awesome, right? If you get patients within the first 6 hours of their headache, we can do the CT and just be done, right? Here's why that may not be true. First, 1,931 patients did not have an LP done after their negative head CT. Of those 1,931, 1,506 were available to be contacted later by telephone and confirmed that they didn't have a subarachnoid. At least 425 patients unaccounted for. To account for these patients, the study authors looked at medical records, death records, and admission to neurosurgical hospitals. They didn't find any undiagnosed cases of subarachnoid hemorrhage by scouring the country for these missing people. If the authors had done an LP on every patient in this paper, if replicated, this would be a game changer. However, if you consider that the incidence of subarachnoid hemorrhage in the entire cohort was 7.7% and you couldn't follow up on 425 people, then as many as 33 people could have had a missed subarachnoid. Now I know that the stats don't quite work that way, but I'm disappointed because the authors came oh so close to the perfect study. With an overall mortality of 25-50% to 50% at 6 months, we can't miss subarachnoid hemorrhage, and while this paper still puts that risk as very small if we do the CT within 6 hours, we have to weigh that in light of the high mortality from subarachnoids. We also have to weigh it in light of the harm and discomfort caused by LPs. If you want a more detailed discussion on the risk of subarachnoid after a negative head CT based on this new data, then I would refer you to the March 2012 episode of EMRAP if you are a subscriber. In that episode, Dr. David Newman talks about the math behind likelihood ratios and how that can help us quantify the risk to a patient in terms we can all understand. The bottom line is, I'm not ready to change my practice just yet based on this paper, but I'm pretty close. Now it's time for a short soapbox moment. The authors then go on to say that we should change our headache paradigm to prioritize patients with headache into a brain attack and give it the urgency of an acute ischemic stroke. First, I dislike any statement that uses the word paradigm because I really don't know what it means, but besides that, I'm wary of giving headaches that kind of priority. It will lead to unnecessary radiation and cost. It will also lead to more ED visits from patients who would have otherwise just taken an ibuprofen and stayed home and would have been just fine. If we start emphasizing to the public that every headache needs an evaluation by a doctor, then we will be overwhelmed by the tidal wave of patients. Then what happens if we can't get that patient a head CT within six hours of their headache onset? Should there be a ticking clock at triage, and if you haven't seen a doctor within five hours of your headache onset, then you get a head CT from triage without seeing a doctor? These are serious questions that we need to address, and while I think that such a, quote, paradigm is a long way from implementation, we have to be careful where we go with it. That's all I have for today. I hope this was useful for you. Until next time, this is Steve Carroll, Free and Basic Essential Evidence, signing off.